everybody. Welcome to Inscripted Wrestling. We are here for our third edition of War Drums, where we uh, go over the old Monday Night Wars. We're doing uh, another Raw versus Nitro. Uh, the edition this week is June 30th, 1997, to kind of coincide with the show, I'm, I'm guessing at least. And uh, this is fucking cool. Yeah. So... It was back in 1997. So the Raw is the go home before uh, the In Your House Canadian Stampede. Yes. Uh, and we yep. will get into all that. First, my name is uh, Daniel Hummer. I thought you were going to say your name's Slim Shady. My name is Chicka Chicka the Hummer. <laughs> the love child of Art Anderson and Big Dick Johnson. And I'm here with uh, the third Bushwhacker, Doug Hummer. Yeah, the love child of Bushwhacker Luke and Jim Cornette. Eric is here as well. What up? Super cool dude. I I was going to say the love child of Mr. Fuji and Akira Hokuto. Well, that's fucking racist. Good thing we started off on that note. (laughs) How's everyone doing? How are you doing? I'd love to be related to Mr. Fuji. Why? Eric, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Doug? Pretty good. It was a busy week. Yeah. It's going to be it's going to be that time of year where it's always going to be busy. <laughs> so let's get into it. Uh who's your worker of the week? Ah. Uh, that's actually that's a really good question because uh, like so much I think kind of happened this week, uh, and it wasn't even necessarily like the great wrestling matches that happened. It was more like uh, you know really good promos and all that uh, too. But if I were going to pick a worker of the week, it would probably be Bobby Lashley. Because he's getting the U.S. title match and Money in the Bank. He ran the gauntlet against uh, uh, Alpha S. Academy and, uh, and and Theory. So you're giving it to Lashley? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Eric, who's your worker of the week? And yes, you can do it on promo. Okay. Uh, no, I, I, I was just asking that question, but I'm going with uh, Silas Young. He made his ring debut in AEW. He had a um, match with uh, him and Adam Page. They had a rivalry in uh, Ring of Honor back a couple years ago for the and he's a former two-time ROH television champion, I believe. And what, so what good, was actually funny was they him. were actually each other's pay-per-view debut back in 2013. Oh wow! I didn't know. Really? I didn't know that part. I know they had a good rivalry in ROH. So yeah, and that was bad. They renewed, he renewed that. Huh? He was just a kid. He was a little guy. Yeah, and now he's a grown man. Yeah, that was a good match. Oh yeah, I that match. it was good. Uh, Silas Young can go in the ring for a big guy. He 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 is a really talented in the ring. He's always been really talented, though. Like, the fact that, like, I'm glad he's kind of getting on a national spotlight, national stage. 
Yeah, I think it's I think it's really cool. I was nice seeing David Finley last week too. Don't dig into my catch. Picking it off my foot. I mean, digging into the couch with your foot. Oh, sorry. But David Finley looked pretty good. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, he's, he's fine as uh, Stick Finley. Is, my word is, the, is Stick Finley still in the business? I think I don't know if he ever got brought back as an agent or not. I know he got okay. released. He got released in the middle of the pandemic a couple of years ago. Oh yeah, that's right. So is Clintus not coming? I'm, I messaged him, so um Okay. My worker of the week would probably be Matt Riddle. Because last Friday he really put out a showing against Roman. And um, it's unfortunate that he had to wrestle Omas Monday night to qual- qualify for money in the bank, which Omas beat him. Yeah. But I really think that because they kinda aired something with him and Seth Rollins after, yeah. He's gonna be working with Rollins. Yeah, and that'll be good for him. I think the match. Oh is yeah, good. I think that's going to be a good um, SummerSlam um, match. Yes. Well, yeah, because well, it might be a good SummerSlam. And here's the thing too: if Rollins wins Money in the Bank, more than likely he's cashing in at SummerSlam. Yeah, which means he's probably going to lose to Riddle. And then Rip. Riddle will beat him, or Riddle will beat him at SummerSlam, and it'll set up a, a title feud. Because I, I really think they're gonna, um, they're gonna set up, you know, Riddle for another title program. Yeah. Oh yeah. You deserve I, it. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, another big news this week: John Laurinaitis out. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if it's temporary or not. Bruce Pritchard interim talent uh, interim talent relations. Yeah. Uh, but Bruce Pritchard isn't even in the office right now. He's recovering from rotator cuff surgery. Yeah. Which I didn't even know. I didn't know you could pull uh, you could tear your rotator cuff from giving a hand jab. Well, it's probably <laughs> the, the movement from the blowy. Yeah, because like uh, he doesn't <laughs> do anything else besides yank Vince. Uh, well, now he's got now he's got a yank stuff. <laughs> Uh, Stephanie, Stephanie McMahon's running this bitch now, except Vince still is in charge of creative. Uh, I'm glad Johnny Ace is gone. I mean, not that I, I don't wish allegations or anything on anybody. And then, like, and I don't know if they're true or well, not. He'll find his way back, because once Vince beats this thing... Uh, hey, last time he was gone, we thought he was done done, but he found his way back. Yeah, and and, and here's the funny thing. Uh, Vince, Vince McMahon... Is just like, and the fact that he appeared on Raw Monday night, he is basically telling us by the fact that he's coming on TV, he's basically telling us you can't fucking get rid of me. Yeah. Uh, he keeps doing it to talk people. Yeah, too. exactly. I mean, and he's not going to die anytime soon because God and Satan can't agree on who on where they're going to send him. Like uh, Satan sure as hell doesn't want him down in hell because you know Vince will take that over. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't let me finish that. Uh, well, Vince certainly finished. Yeah. Oh. But uh, I wish he was finished. Anyway, oh, also uh, the card for uh, Ric Flair's uh, farewell uh, farewell match is shaping up. What's that? 
Do, so, do you remember it? Or? Well, Flair hasn't had an opponent announced yet. Yeah. We know it's not Ricky Steamboat because Ricky Steamboat said he turned it down politely, and Conrad Thompson called bullshit on it, said, you know the reason why you're not doing it, but you don't want to say anything, and I have too much respect for you to say something. So something must have got, you know. Was Ricky? Yeah. So there's some kind of heat between Ricky Steamboat and Conrad Thompson, which Ricky Steamboat's the nicest guy in the world. The only way anybody could have heat with Ricky is if he were still married to Bonnie. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what that's about. He just probably doesn't want to wrestle nature and look old and stupid. Well, that's what he said. He's just like, I liked what I did back in 2009 when I was still in shape. I'm not in shape anymore. I can't do it. Yeah. So yeah, he didn't want to break anything. Really good. Yeah. And, and he was also only in his early 50s. Yeah. Now he's 65. Yeah. Let him rest. Yeah. yeah. You but, uh, two, two impact titles are going to be on the line. Uh, the Impact World Title, that's right, which is going to be Josh Alexander and Jacob Fatu, which that's going to be really good. That's going to be good. Uh, and the Impact Knockouts Title, uh, Jordan Grace and Deanna Perrazzo. That's going to be Who, good. By too. the way, Deanna Perrazzo is actually the person that uh, that beat Jordan for the title the first time Jordan had it. So there's long-term history there. Yes. And then, of course, the Wolves are getting back together. Davey Richards and Eddie Edwards are going to take on the Motor City Machine Guns. Yeah, that's – I mean, I would watch it for that. Yeah. That's a classic match right there. Yeah. I love the Wolves. So oh, yeah. So when we look at the card, it looks, it looks like it's going to be like a major, like, impact card. Why aren't any of those four people in AEW? The Guns or the Wolves? Yeah. Uh, well, Davey's done pretty much, right? Davey doesn't like people telling him what to do. Yeah. Uh, which is shocks me uh, that that he's married to Angelina Love. Uh, but I forgot about that. Like he doesn't he, he does not like You're still married. What to do? So he's not. So he's not going to work for any company long term. Eddie Edwards is devoted to Impact. Alex Shelley, full-time, is a hospital nurse. Oh, wow. He only wrestles part-time, right? But, like, when they need him at, like, whatever hospital, he'll skip out on his bookings because he's devoted to being a hospital nurse. Yeah. Or he's something in the medical field. And Chris Davis has been with Impact since, you know, the fucking thing started. <laughs> He's still there? Yeah. Is that Shelly there too? Who? Chris Davin and Alex Shelly, the guns. Yeah, oh, no, yeah they're, both, they're both there right now. Oh, okay. So, and Ric Flair's opponent hasn't been announced yet. I still think it's going to be somewhat of a six-man uh, with Flair and FCR taking on the Rock and Roll Express and somebody. Uh and because of, and because this is an impact card, yeah, I would not be surprised if it's uh, Tommy Dreamer. They should have Tessa Blanchard come in, do Flair versus Tessa. Yeah, Tessa's one that doesn't like to listen to authority either. Yeah, well, yeah, but then she, well, fucking, what authority is Conrad Thompson? 
Well, it's under the guise of Jim Crockett Promotions, which... That's not even a thing anymore. Well, no, it's not, because Jim Crockett's not even alive. So, it's Conrad shit. It's StarCast, right? Yeah, but uh, Flair's doing it. Like I said, like the banner is Jim Crockett Promotions, which is basically, they're just trying to, it's basically David Crockett just saying, oh, we're back in the promoting game. Dave? Is yeah. he still alive? Yes, he's still alive. He's an idiot. I didn't like Dave. No, he was a moron. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so that's going to be, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the third person, like if they do a six-man, I wouldn't be surprised if the Rock and Roll Express's partner is Tommy Dreamer. Because Tommy Dreamer technically has a beast with Slayer. Oh, because of the helicopter? Yeah. Well, if Tommy Dreamer was yeah. stupid enough to defend the idiot. And then Tommy got in trouble, not the person that actually did it. <laughs> no, because the person that actually did it, like, uh, they're just like, oh, he didn't know any better. I mean, it, it, even Flair himself said, oh, I was young and stupid at the time. I didn't know, you know, well, stupid, yes, but young, he was 52. <laughs> and by 52, I think you should know that flipping your dick around like a helicopter on a public flight probably isn't the way to go. Yeah. Well, I would never have to worry about that. I'm too damn small. <laughs> the mini jet. Yeah. Uh, one of those toy ones. <laughs> Match plastic propellers. Matchbox make uh, helicopters? I think they do. Uh, we got any more news? or? Uh, oh, uh, I guess congratulations go out to uh, Impact uh, Wrestling's uh, Giselle Shaw. Uh, she came out today as a transgender. Good for her. Really? Uh, yes. Which Did no one know that? No, nobody knew that. And she said it today. Uh, it, from what I've heard, I haven't seen a lot of her stuff, but from what I've heard, like she's a really good athlete and got a great personality and all that. But, yeah, she came out as transgender, which good for her that you're comfortable enough to do that. Yeah. I just hope that these internet trolls... Oh, they're going to come for. uh, Eric, if this is one person you troll, I'm going to beat your ass. No, I'm not. Yeah. Uh, And uh, hopefully nobody in uh, Eric's favorite Facebook group goes after her either. Yeah, I don't think they will. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but I, I could see people coming after her because people went after Kayla Braxton for saying, for her saying she was bisexual. Yeah. So, but no, like, good, good for her. Uh, I mean, you got to be you. You do. Uh, who else can you be? Yeah. Well, I know you wish I was other people. No, I don't. Personality-wise? No, you you got my favorite personality. Uh, which one? I have 20 of them. <laughs> no. Uh, but no, so then, uh, with, you know, the whole Giselle Shaw thing actually surprised me, because if you see pictures of her, she's a beautiful woman. Let me Google her. Okay. Giselle like, Shaw? Yes. I've never even heard. I mean, I don't watch a lot of Impact. Like half of America. Yeah. Uh no, she is at, she is drop dead gorgeous. 
Uh, and uh, she, so yeah, but no, good for her. I'm actually. Uh, She's transgender? Yes. Damn. I mean, whoever the doctor was did a really damn good job. <laughs> yeah. Eric, have you ever seen you probably her? probably couldn't tell, right? No, you can't tell. She looks like Trish Stratus to me. But yeah, good for her. Yeah. Uh, uh, and that's pretty much it. Uh, well, also, too, if anybody's a fan of uh, the sessions with uh, Mrs. Moxley, uh, she, do- she does an interview with her husband this week. Who, John? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Eric posted it in, the, uh, in one of the Facebook groups. Uh, and he basically, he opens up about the whole, uh, inpatient rehab thing. Well, that's nice. Uh, he didn't have to do that, but. No, well, one, I'm, and I'm pretty sure he asked to do it because she doesn't ask him to do anything he does not want to do. Yeah. Uh, which is very rare for a wife. Uh, Renee Young just seems like the best person ever. She is. I really oh, I love in another group today that she's got to be the sweetest person in the wrestling business, and that poor bastard got shit on. Really? Yeah. She's super nice. Yeah. Somebody said that. I mean, it's a good thing she changed her podcast, though, because I know what she was trying to do, but oral sesses. More than likely, that was a Colin Cowherd move saying, uh, Renee, I love the show, <laughs> but. Why is it on his network? Or? Yeah, it's on the volume. He owns he he owns the volume. That's where the herd's at and everything. Yeah, and what's funny is that while it was still called the oral sessions, yeah, he was a guest. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean he isn't it still called an oral session? Oh, it's no, called it's called the session. sessions now. Oh, okay. But no, I so, didn't notice. That. I thought it was still. Nah. Uh, but no, she she does a fantastic job. I mean, and they're not long; they're like hour episodes. Yeah, she does some good except interviews. For, I watched them last night. Yeah, except for uh, this uh, new one she did with the uh, with the hubby, it was about two hours. She's got like a brand new studio too. Yeah, she's uh, she's fantastic. Like. Uh, you know, she's a great interviewer. She's very professional. Yeah. Uh, she's cool. Yeah. Renee's the best. Uh, you guys want to get into this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think we... Of course. I tried to stall for clinic. You, you gave a good amount of news. I haven't heard that. All right. See, money's missing this one. Let's start with... My, let's go to war, gentlemen. And let's start with Monday Night Nitro. It's June 30th, 1997. The Every time we go to war, I get stabbed in the butt. <laughs> well, good thing you're sitting down. Uh, we're in Las Vegas, Nevada at the MGM Grand Garden Arena. <laughs> Our current champions are Hollywood Hogan is the world champ. Jeff Jarrett is the U.S. champ. Our tag champions are the Outsiders. Our television champion is Steven Regal. And our cruiserweight champion is Chris Jericho. Who just won the title two nights prior. We have Shivani, Zabisco, and Tanay on uh, commentary. And we start off with 
What are the weirdest Ric Flair promos I think I've ever seen? I really did not like the start of the yeah. show. Yeah. Uh, Gene Okerlund. I know strange. he got the whole thing with Flair uh, or with Piper, but I just it didn't really work for me. Get into it, Doug. All right, so the week prior, all right, well, even going back two weeks prior, Piper and Flair were challenging for the world tag titles at Great American Bash. Right. Okay. And uh, they lost because Piper got beat when Flair abandoned him to get into a fight with Six. And the next night on Nitro, Piper forgave Flair for what happened. Uh, and then, uh, the net, and then the next week, they had, uh, another interview, and Piper was still questioning Flair for, you know, ditching him at the back. Yeah. That brought out Mongo, his old hag, and, uh, and Benoit. And, uh... Jared's already gone at this point, right? Well, or no, no, they kick him out here. Never mind. Yeah. No, Jared's on probation. Yeah. Mongo had already dropped Jared on his head. Yeah. Okay. But they came out, and they're questioning Piper's manhood, and Piper's like, guys, just leave me alone. I want to leave. Like, I'm going to go on vacation now anyway, because I've already been on WCW programming for, like, ten weeks. Yeah. And I only have to do, like, six weeks in a row. And then I can leave. But they were egging him on of... Uh, and then finally, Piper has enough because Flair's not getting control, uh, you know, because he's like, guys, come on, leave Piper alone. He's cool. Mongo's not listening. Uh, yeah. So you could tell he's definitely Deborah's husband. Uh, and Benoit's not listening either. Piper has enough. He decks both of them. And then Flair gets involved because, you know, Flair's got to stick up for the horses. Yeah. They beat up Piper. All right, so the match is set for Bash at the Beach 97, which uh, we are in a, about three weeks' time, maybe. I think we're going to cover it. Okay. Because I do want to cover okay. that. that's uh, Hogan and Rodman versus Luger and the Giant. And that Bash at the Beach is actually a really good card top to bottom. Okay. Well, second from the top to the bottom because the first match was Glacier and Rath versus, or Glacier and Ernest Miller versus Mortis and Rath. But. Uh, so, Flair cuts this promo with these two girls who have no idea wh- why the hell they're even out there. They were hot. They were hot. They were more than, they were probably on the clock. Well, they were on the clock anyway. Yeah. It is a job. Yeah. Well, we're talking I know about... it's not the job you're talking about. Yeah. But... Uh, this clock is more of a stopwatch. Uh... If it's us. <laughs> yeah. Uh but and if it's present day flair too. Uh, so they do this promo and mean gene is because I really I, I still think that around this time, around like ninety seven ish, Gene Okerlund just didn't care. You and me have a a pretty differing opinions on Gene Okerlund around this time. Because you don't like him because he stopped caring and that's why I love him. Because I think his best work came when he stopped giving a fuck. I thought he was just at, like every other announcer in the WWF. But when he got to WCW and he was he started talking a little shit, he was hilarious to me. 
What, what was funny yeah. is how you remember. I agree, with Daniel. Huh? Oh, he agrees, he agrees with you. I. I love being <laughs> in uh, WCW. But like the thing about like I remember uh, Starcade '94 when Vader interrupted Hulk Hogan, and Gene was very pro Hulk Hogan at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh. You know, Gene thought it's so disrespectful that Vader interrupted Hogan and all that. And Nick Bockwinkle is basically given like a two-sided answer. He's like, you know what? Yes, it was inappropriate. Yes, it was rude. But he is the number one contender. And like before he could start to defend Vader more, uh, Gene looks at uh, Bockwinkle and says, Nick, get away from me with that bureaucratic BS. (laughs) And then Sags walks over to him, right? Yeah. And... It looked like Sags was going to talk. Gene looked at him and said, Sags, you're not going to add anything interesting, so don't even. <laughs> See, I love that. And I was just like, Jesus Christ. That's hilarious, though. <laughs> like, and my favorite line, obviously, when uh, the new blood or whatever the fuck was fucking with him. Uh, natural born thrillers. Yeah. And he's talking, she starts saying, blow it up your asshole, hair. Yeah. He was funny to a point, but it's just like, it, it just got to be, to me, sometimes it was just cringeworthy. Okay. Well, uh, you know, we all have different opinions. I mean, it depends on who he was talking to. Yeah, I always found him hilarious. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, this sucked, this initial segment. I didn't like it. I thought Flair was just, he sometimes he was really good in WCW, and then other times he was just there to take up TV time, it felt like. Like, I don't know. He wasn't very consistent around this time. So you waste about five, six, seven minutes with him doing this bullshit. Yeah. Instead of getting to your Cruiserweight title match, which you're supposed to be bragging about the fact that you just had a guy beat an NWO member to get the belt back. Exactly. But instead you got Slayer playing around with mannequins. Yeah. And those two girls that were on the clock. So, let's go to the opening match. Uh, Chris Jericho and Hoovy. This goes about six minutes and 50 seconds. Uh, good match. Not terrible, but Hoovy, like you said yesterday, Hoovy was a fucking botch fest back in the day. I really like him, and he was great, but he was pretty sloppy here. He got better in 98. Yeah. In 98, 99, he got a lot better. Okay. But when he started... Now, again, he had to work a different style because a lot of the guys in, like, AAA all work the same style he did, which is a high-flying, you know, flying Melendez-type bullshit, right? Yeah. Jericho is also a technical wrestler. He's not used to doing all that technical stuff. So, yes, sometimes it could be a botch fest, I he got it better. Was, it didn't feel like Jericho's fault, though. Jericho wasn't botching. It was no, it, Jericho was doing his best, and they had better matches. Yeah. But, no, it was just here. It was just who he was just – he was off. Yeah. Off night. But he, he was still good. I mean, he just – he was having some trouble there. Uh, then Six comes out afterwards and talks a little shit. Uh, Eric, what did you think about – the opening segment and uh, this cruiserweight title business. The opening segment was weird to me. I, I thought it 
I don't think it was necessary, but it, that was just me. I thought it was kind of cringe. And the the opening match was, I thought it was a good opening match for what it was. So I, I give the opening match probably a five. I liked it. I mean, I would give it, I would give it a, a six. Yeah. Because I love both guys. Me too. And yeah. Jericho, it, it was funny. All right, so the way Jericho won the Cruiserweight title, they did this big internet pay-per-view. Uh, or it was a, like an internet radio broadcast, right? Which you can do, like, all the time now. But back then, it was unheard of. Technically, what we're doing right now. Yeah. <laughs> that was podcasting before podcasting was a thing. So, uh, and Six had defended successfully the Cruiserweight title against Rey Mysterio. Yeah. Jericho comes out and says, how about wrestling me? Because I have unfinished business with you. J.J. Dillon comes out and says, match is on. Two minutes later, Jericho's Cruiserweight champ. So, like, he took a page out of an NWO playbook. Yeah. After Jericho did about 10 minutes with Ray, or not Jericho, Stick did 10 minutes with Ray. And then uh, we had that. So that's how he got the title back. And everybody was praising the guy for getting the title. Yeah. Because, you know, NWO was basically holding a lot of the WCW title. Yeah, they were beating their ass. Yeah. So it was WCW got a win. It was refreshing that a WCW guy got a title back. Exactly. And a lot's going on here because after this, Six comes out and then talks shit and makes makes a a masturbating joke about Jericho and beating off his his hotel room. Yeah. And like Gene was funny there. He's like, you can't say that. Gene would have made the same fucking joke. (laughs) Uh, but and then so then Jericho starts beating the shit over six after, against six this goes to a commercial break but then we come back with Alex Wright and, and those guys are still in the ring and Alex Wright's there and Alex Wright's bitching about how he's never gotten an opportunity and this is what I found funny this is funny Gene too because Gene was not having any of this he's yeah, like no, fuck Gene you Alex just, Gene was just like <laughs> Because, well, first of all, Gene can't speak German. Yeah. Okay? Which I, I, was, I was able to for a little while because I took German in the eighth grade. You speak German. I used to. I forgot everything. It took me, what took me about 12 months to learn, I forgot in six weeks. <laughs> I wish I was lying. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But... Just the fact that, like, Alex Wright, which, by the way, it does kind of tie in because Alex Wright was having issues with Jericho. Was he? Yeah. Jericho beat him the week before. Yeah. Well, he was like, yeah, but he was bitching about WCW. Yeah. And he was like, I never get an opportunity. And he said it was all because he was German, too. Yeah. And I'm sure, like, it was also kind of professional jealousy because, like, he was kind of on a roll, and then the Jericho... The Jericho uh, Jericho beating him uh, kind of stopped that role, and now Jericho's on this big role now. And did this ever pay off any anyway? Alex beat him for the title a month later. Okay, and then three weeks er, about three weeks after that, Jericho beat him for the title back. Okay, 
They had a really good series of matches. Those are two great workers. Yeah, neither one of them were allowed to show charisma at this time. Hmm. Uh, let's turn over to the other channel. Uh, Raw's War were in Des Moines, Iowa. Iowa. Des, Mo- Des Moines, Iowa. You love Des Moines. And uh, we're at Des Moines, the Moines, Moines. <laughs> and we're at the Veterans Memorial Auditorium. Uh, our current champions are the Undertaker, who is our World Heavyweight Champion. Our Intercontinental Champion is Owen Hart. Our European Champion is Davy Boy Smith, and we have vacant tag titles right now. Well, Why- technically, Austin is one half of the tag champs. Yes, but he doesn't have a partner yet. Right, because Sean. <laughs> so. Three weeks prior, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart got into an, uh, a fight in the locker room. A real fight. A real fight. They come crashing through a bathroom wall. In the bathroom stall. <laughs> the, in the bathroom that Jerry Lawler is taking a shit in. <laughs> uh, That's hilarious. And Lawler gets up off the toilet. According to Cornette's got shit on his ass. <laughs> Trousers down the ankles trying to stop the fight. Uh, it's funny as fuck. So, like, and then Brett pulled out a chunk of Sean's hair, and then, you know, they got separated. Sean takes the chunk of hair, goes into Vince's office, throws it on his desk, and says, Fuck this shit, I'm out of here. And then it was actually rumored that he was going to go to WCW because they were in, uh, WWF was in, uh, I think, Worcester. And WCW, I think, was in Boston. Okay. At the the Garden, at Boston Gardens. Yeah. So they figured, or it was only like an hour drive. And Sean could have made it there by the time the show was over. Right. So... Like he had, I, he had told somebody. He goes, "I'm going to Nitro." But then uh, Vince had stopped him and said, "You're under contract. You go there. Your ass is getting fucking sued." And then, uh, like Sean actually called Vince the next day and said, "Just let me go. I want to be with my friends. I hate the fucking people here." And he goes, "No, you're under contract. I'm keeping you here. It, like it's not negotiable." Yeah. And then you know. Uh, all the stuff that happened from there. But yeah, no, that's why the tag titles were uh, were vacant. It's because Sean, Sean and Brett interrupted a Jerry Lawler bowel movement. And, uh, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and in the, not the, in, in the third match, we saw the, uh, well, uh, we saw the results of a Jerry Lawler bowel movement. Since Russo? No, Brian Christopher. That dude. All right. That <laughs> Ken Shamrock and Hunter Hearst Helmsley. I really like this. It went like five minutes. I thought it was good. Shamrock beat the shit out of him. That's why I thought it was good. <laughs> About time this fucker does a job. It was good. It was really good. Yeah, the only thing a Hunter was doing back then, or two things, one was Sean, the other was China. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. 
Him and Sean were dating at that time. So were him and Sean. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. They were. Yeah. There's something else. I know. <laughs> this match was all right. Lawsuits are going to come piling in. This match was all right. Uh, yeah, I was not I'll, just... I'll give it a four. I'll give it a four. Five. Or no, no, I like this match. I give it a six. Uh, you liked it better than the Nitro opening? I I like, yeah, yeah, I did. I like this match better than uh, uh, the cruiser, cruiserweight title match. I think. Yeah, yeah, I do. I was the I other way around. Uh, I disagree with you. Uh. Michael Cole, one of his first times on this program. I don't know if it, it's probably not the first, but it's early Michael Cole. Is interviewing the Legion of Doom. They kind of give one of their classic promos. Yeah, because they're getting ready for the uh, tag team title, uh, the tag team tournament match. Yes. And this act, all right, so I don't know if you guys actually know this or not, but Michael Cole was actually hired to be the replacement for Todd Pentonville. Right. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. And you know what's actually funny is Pettengale's the one that hired him. That's fucked up. No, Pettengale was hiring his replacement. Yeah. Did what? he know about it? Yeah. Oh. He, he he gave his notice. Oh, okay. He gave his notice. He said, I can stay. So they didn't want him to leave because everybody loved Todd Pettengale. Yeah. But he, it was his time. Uh, Sonny loved him so much that she did a sex tape with him. Did she? Well, it was uh, that, you know, Fondle Me Elmo thing that she did. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was Elmo. No way. Yeah. That lucky bastard. <laughs> I mean, nowadays he wouldn't be that lucky. But... It was, and it was filmed in his house. Really? Yeah. His wife was holding the camera. No way. That's what Sonny said. That's very weird. Yeah. Uh, it's an understanding wife, I'll tell you that much. That's a great wife. That's the greatest <laughs> fucking wife of all time. So, as far as the opening segment and matches, I'm giving the to Raw so far. But uh, but let's go back on the other channel. Let's click. I, I would give it to Raw too, just because they did uh, like the whole flare thing just kind of dra- dragged it down. Yeah, players was shit in the beginning. And Alex Wright didn't help. <laughs> now, going back on the other channel, we have Dean Malenko versus Eddie Guerrero. This only goes about four minutes, but holy shit, is it four minutes of fun. Guerrero's a great heel. Malenko's a great in-ring technician. Chavo's on ringside. And uh, Eddie kind of fucks over Malenko and... Uh, Chavo at the same time by throwing him into him to set up that brain, brain buster to go for the frog splash. This is uh, Eddie's Eddie started a heel turn and this is Eddie just kind of continuing for it. Yeah, he's just being a dick kind of. Yeah. And it, what was funny was during this match like uh, Tony Svine saying, oh, Eddie Guerrero, he was a great young man. He was so polite. He, he's a fantastic human being and Mike Nace just like that's not the real Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. Like, I know the real Eddie Guerrero. The real Eddie Guerrero is a horrible person. And uh, 
Zabisco. Zabisco's is playing it off as uh, he's a Guerrero. <laughs> They're out of their mind. That that's how he's playing it up as. Zabisco was funny back. Then. Oh my god. I always enjoyed him on commentary. I did too. Good. <laughs> After this, you got little Ray Ray talking to uh, Gene. Uh, Ray Mysterio never really got the promo. Done, no. Did he? But uh, great in the ring. And he's talking about having a big heart and how he's going to fuck up Kevin Nash and then Nash. I thought this program was interesting, though. It picked up more steam in 99. Yeah. But here it was kind of funny. 99? Yeah, 99 they had more of a feud, too. Yeah. Well, that's when Ray Uh, started winning. Yeah. Because Ray didn't win any here, right? No. Yeah. Well, and, and here... Like in the next couple of weeks, he never got his win back, right? No. Yeah. And Ray... I think Ray and Nash are actually, like... Uh, we're actually buddies. Yeah. Because I think... Because Nash has always talked about being cool with Ray. He wasn't one of the ones that he called Vanilla Midgets, was it? No, because Ray's not Vanilla. Well, either is Eddie. Uh... I think the vanilla midget thing was more that was Malenko and Benoit. No, because he was um, talking about them and then coming to WWE. Oh yeah, that's right. Because he had actually said, uh, well, "Yeah," because he definitely. Well, he actually insulted Guerrero and Benoit. He said that the, the business died the day both of them, uh, yeah, won won world titles. Uh, Which is a terrible statement. He's an idiot. No, the day, yeah. the, the, day the business died is when uh, your idiot, uh, when your idiot friend had a two-year reign of fucking terror. That's when the business died. Triple H. Yeah, and your business died when you had to have the hottest thing in the business get tasered. When he took over as a book. Yep. Kevin, I mean, I love Kevin and I hate him, but well, I don't hate him. But, but here's the thing: as the WCW Booker, he did let Ray, or he did put Ray over. Yeah, like that was his idea. Yeah, he did have some good ideas, but winning the title from Goldberg wasn't one of them. No, that should have gone to Dallas Page. No, anybody but him. That's gonna go down with one of the worst things ever. <laughs> And not even just that, doing the finger poke after it was it was just so bad. Because that was the next day. You still yeah. had momentum. Yeah. And and they had built up to Hogan in him right after that. It was just so stupid. But here he was he was a good bully, but and raised the good little man. It was what it was. It was a nice it was a nice story. I liked it. It was yeah. The only only good thing about that whole episode of Nitro with the finger poke and doom and all that is when, uh, like, Tony was trying to get Bischoff to talk because Bischoff was on commentary, but Bischoff was just sitting there silent. And uh, Bobby Heenan goes, Tony, do you need me to leave you two alone so you can try to figure this out? Tony goes, Brain, I need you here. And Brain goes, that's terrifying. (laughs) And... Tony's just like, yeah, I just scared myself by saying that. <laughs> like, that was the highlight of the whole fucking show. 
He's like, I need you here. And Brandon's like, hey. And what now? That was funny. Yeah. And then Hogan comes out with Bischoff, right? Yeah. And there are wrestling. They're, they're just coming out to flex. And yeah, brother. And, and he talks up the main event. He kind of hypes everything up, which is weird for Hogan. Yeah. Well, he hyped up Bash at the Beach because they were looking to break like record numbers here. Yeah. Because Rodman was going get, to get in the ring and wrestle. Against Malone. Right, or Leno? No, this was uh, him and Hogan versus Luger and the Giant. Okay. I just said we're going to cover this in three weeks. You didn't say what the main event was. Rewind the show. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I did. Shut up and quit, or shut up and quit talking. That's a thing. <laughs> I, I was going to say shut up and keep talking. <laughs> no, I, I think you're going to say shut up and queef. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. You're not. Well, never mind. Anyway, uh, yeah, so he was hyping up the main event. Uh, well, because he said he's like, we're going to have three NWO guys come out here, and they're going to beat up on Luger, Giant, and Page. Yeah. And by the way, this is the episode two where we're supposed to get the debut from a major Impact player. Oh, yeah, yeah. That Impact was it supposed player. to be Carl Malone? No. We'll talk about uh, it when he shows up. So, yeah, Bischoff and what's-his-name do their thing. Yeah. All right, let's go back to round. We got the Legion of Doom versus Farouk and D'Lo with Kama uh, at ringside. This only went three minutes, but I actually thought it was kind of fun, uh, even though Hawk kicked out at three. That was weird. Well, Hawk was never a good uh, – <laughs> Hawk was never good at seven. He doesn't like the job. No. Uh so it was a good match. I really liked Farouk and uh, D'Lo as a team. And Farouk's kind of promo after about how black people are mistreated and he that's the only reason he isn't getting an opportunity and fuck you, Vince McMahon. Isn't that ironic? That, I mean, it's kind of what, it's going, kind of what, what was going on today in today's society. Yeah, yeah. But, the yeah. the the nation started out as kind of a heavy gimmick, but it was still it was good yeah. and it was actually pretty good storytelling. But then Vega comes out uh, with uh, the Las Pariquas and starts talking shit. And, and here's the thing, by the way, Los Pariquas it was Savio Vega, Miguel Perez, Jesus Castillo, and Jose Estrada. This is related to Armando. No. <laughs> How long did um, he last? About six, eight months. I like the the thing with the three factions, though. Oh, the game warfare. Yeah. It was actually really good. I thought Nation versus DOA versus yeah. Pericles was actually pretty cool. Yes. Yeah. And the thing is, is DOA coming out. I always liked DOA better. Yeah. Well, that was the cool one, the biker gang. Yeah. So it was just, to me, it was, you know, this was kind of like, it was a fun thing to do. Because you had three guys like the original nation, they all had their own groups now. Yeah. And they were going to war. Exactly. And it was really good. Uh, They were talking poopy. 
Yeah, and it was more. I mean, it's basically for anybody that's ever seen the Warriors, it's kind of what this was. Yeah, and that's one of my favorite movies of all time. Right. So it's like, a bit racial, but I mean, it's also it's not really actively like that though. I don't think it's trying to be racial. No. I mean, putting the Puerto Ricans on one side, the white bikers on another, and then the black guys is a little, but maybe it was subconsciously they're doing that. But yeah, I, I the the three factions were all pretty cool. Yeah, but like the, the only difference yeah. between this and the Warriors is that you didn't have Vince acting like that Cyrus. Yeah, saying, "Can you dig it? Let's all blend together." Yeah, Booker and wasn't then, there yet, and then you know somebody you know. Shoot them. Yeah. Can you dig it? Uh, Great movie. Yeah. Was the Rock injured? Yeah, Rock. Uh, Rock had actually gotten injured like uh, three weeks prior. Oh, Rocky Balboa. Ahmed Johnson was part of the nation, and he was actually supposed to get the title shot against the Undertaker. But because he usually injures himself when he takes two steps. <laughs> Uh, he got hurt, so Vader got the title shot. And that's how the that's why the promo that's why Farouk cut that promo. Uh, yeah. So, but no, I thought that this was a good man, and I thought the the Goblins versus the LOD was a really good rivalry too. Yeah, it was. So I like this match. I give it a five. I give it a five and a half. I give it a five. Hawks should have learned how to sell, though. I agree. Because, I mean, and this isn't the first time he's done that shit. I mean, he took a choke slam and a five star frog splash in his big return to national television, and he got right up. Oh, that. Against RVD. Yeah, the yeah. 2003 Raw where yeah. they were coming back to Philadelphia and it was such a big, momentous return. And, uh, like, Hawk was getting pissed off because they weren't, like, it, they were basically told, go out there and make RVD and Kane look good. And Hawk got pissed off because they weren't able to do, like, a lot of moves or whatever. Yeah. They were just out there to sell for RVD and Kane, so... When he took the chokes in the five star, he got up right away and walked out of the ring. And then when they got back to Gorilla, yeah. Vince said, "Yeah, we'll call you when we need you again." So how did the match end? And no, he it? he took the fall. He oh. got pinned, but he didn't sit down and, and sell. No, he he pulled the Austin whatever. Uh, the Austin Aries and got up right away. Oh. So he took the fall. Then but then afterwards, they, he just got up right out of the ring and walked away and. They saw Vince, and Vince says, "Yeah, we'll call you. We'll call you soon." And then uh, he he never called Hawk again. Uh, Animal came back. Yeah, well, it took him two years to call Animal. Uh, let's go back to the other channel. Uh, we have the WCW World Television Champion Stephen Regal going against Hector Garza. It's Garza's second match on Nitro, and he's getting a TV title shot. Uh, the, there wasn't much heat here, but it was pretty good technically, and 
you know, Regal's submission is always good. Uh, I give this one a six stars. I'll get. I'll give it six too. The problem is there was no heat here. Yeah. And that's only because again, Garza's in the second match. Yeah. He wasn't really known. Yet. Yeah. You can't give. I get him somebody, a six and a half. You can't give somebody that is still fairly new to television a title shot already, especially like when the crowd really hasn't gotten a chance to get to know him yet. I agree. Uh, it, it wasn't bad though. Eric, what do you give it? I give it six and a half. I I like the match. I've always okay. liked William Regal and Ring. All right. Gene Okerlund's hanging out with the Steiner brothers when Scott's calling out uh, Hall and Nash. Hall and Nash come out with the whole NWO. They say that they got to go through Ch- Masa Chono and Great Muda first before they get to them. All right. Steiner Brothers became the number one contenders. Yes. The week before they beat Harlem Heat. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, said they wanted the title shot. Hall and Nash give them a contract. They signed it without reading it, which you cannot do that. <laughs> uh, Talk about Scott Steiner here. Not the smartest. Screw no he is an idiot. Well, technically, they were both <laughs> billed to be stupid. Uh, <laughs> well, I think Rick was billed to be stupid, and Scott was just stupid. <laughs> so when, when did uh, Scott turn on uh, Rick? Uh, February ninety-eight. Uh. So they signed the contract. Scott Hall reveals that they're going to wrestle Moda, Muda and Chono at Bash at the Beach. And then, like, uh, like Bobby Heenan had said later on, he's just like, you know, if the Steiner brothers would only realize that they're stupid, so much, you know, life would be so much easier for them. He goes, I know they're stupid. Outsiders know they're stupid. But they need to figure it out. Ah. <laughs> uh, and, like, Tony Schiavone used to call Bobby Heenan out on it all the time. He'd be like, look, I know you think the Steiners are stupid, but, you know, they're great wrestlers. He goes, yeah, but, Tony, they're stupid. <laughs> they're not that stupid. Okay, yeah, they're fucking stupid. Uh, I mean, they could beat our asses. Not now. Oh, yeah, maybe. Probably. I mean, Brian Baker. This segment was okay. It was cool seeing all the top guys go at it, talking shit, but... Nash and Hall were going to be a dickheads back then. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Just the way, like, Hall was reading the Japanese names on a piece of paper, like, he didn't know who the fuck they were was hilarious to me. It's like, Maso Chono? It's like, good luck. (laughs) Uh, So then we go on. No, 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 no. Let's go back. Let's switch the channel back to Raw. We got Brian Christopher and Scott Petsky. I hated this. Really? Yeah. Did you hate Chris? 
there was no need for Lawler to get involved. Yeah. I mean, it's his son. Yeah, but, like, for, you know, the fact that uh, he's basically saying, oh, he's not my son, he's not my son. I mean, to be honest with you, I didn't think Brian Christopher was good until he became Grandmaster Sexy. Because here, all he was was, you know, just proof that, you know, he was produced by Jerry Lawler's senior. Because <laughs> he's being a dick? Yeah. The way Lawler was going off about Scott Putsky being Polish was hilarious. Oh, my God. There was... Like... He was fucking Polak. Yeah. By the way, we're going to get canceled for you doing that. <laughs> hey, I was quoting somebody. I didn't say it. I mean, I said it, but I didn't... It wasn't for me. I think we have Polish in us anyway. Yeah. Or at least Bob did at one point. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> she doesn't listen to this. Yeah, I was just gonna. She, well, she only calls in when she knows she can embarrass. Don't her. go back to the line. You know, Clint didn't call in yet. Oh, there he is. No, he's not here. <laughs> yeah, this match kind of. It was okay. I give it a three star. I give it two and a half. I give it uh, a three. And it, it was, was nothing funny special. Because, I, I, I didn't understand nothing. Yeah, me either. Uh, I mean, he was okay as the Grandmaster of Sexi, but yeah, here he wasn't that great. And then they kind of they go to exclusive ECW footage of Steve Austin, uh, because they're, you know, going over his VHS tape at the time, and it's him imitating Hulk Hogan, and then it goes right back to Jr. and. Vince, and then they throw in a little jab. They're like, we won't talk about people that like that or something like that. They were just talking shit. Yeah. I think it was a subtle, a not so subtle hit, uh, shot to uh, Bischoff. Yeah. Uh, so that was what it was. It wasn't good. It wasn't bad. It wasn't anything. Uh yeah, to close out the first uh, hour on Nitro, we got Super Calo and Psychosis with Sony, Sonny Ono. Sonny Blono. Doug's favorite manager. Sonny Blow. This match wasn't very special. I don't like Super Calo. I never thought he was a good worker, but I love Psychosis. Uh, and uh, Psychosis won here. Psychosis won because Sonny Ono doesn't like the man. It doesn't like the people he manages not to go over. And then Laparka comes out with the chair. Yeah, and then Hubenthu comes out and beats them both up. To me, this was a one. Really? Yeah. No, I wrong guy went over because this was supposed to be Callow's big return after getting the concussion. Yeah. But no, Sonny Ono can't be on the losing side. So his guys have to go over, and he's got no fucking talent whatsoever. He's a fucking, uh, he's a Japanese Jimmy Hart. Really? Overrated and overhyped. Uh, and fucking useless. <laughs> Japanese Jimmy Hart. Uh, let's go back over to Rao. And to finish out the first hour here, we have Brian Pillman and Mankind. Uh, Pillman cuts a hell of a promo. Uh, hell of a promo before this. And then they go in and uh, it's a really good match. 
I get this it was one a really good match. That promo though, it was like it was creepy. He was so ahead of his time though. It's it's nuts how ahead of his time. I mean, if he didn't make it in the wrestling business, he would have been a hell of a serial killer. Yeah, I mean, he that's what he portrayed basically. Yeah, and he did a damn good job at it. But what about mankind coming out with that uh, that uh, prosthetic hand, that mandible claw? That yeah, they get for Jr. And Jr. just like, I don't hold you responsible for what happened. Don't worry about it. And then Tillman grabbing at Jr. He's like, "What are you, an idiot?" Yeah, he was weird. It was funny as fuck. Tillman mm-hmm. <laughs> was a good heel. Like yeah. Whatever. I said Tillman was a good heel. Yeah. Great heel. Fantastic, phenomenal. Great heel. Great heel. <laughs> he was cheeks. Well, he was a dick. Uh, great match. And Triple H comes out and acts yeah. like a dick. Uh, so that's our one. I'll give that a five. Out... Huh? He gave it a match right I'll give that a match a five. What's he supposed to do? Oh, cool. <laughs> Going back over to Nitro. We are starting hour two. Uh, they tell uh, what's his name, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, Larry Zbysko, to fuck right off, and they bring out the man, the myth, the legend, Bobby Heenan. I I wish they would do something like that now, like how Raw did uh, Raw's War in the War Zone. I think it's a good idea to break up the two hours to make them feel special. Yeah, it would be. I like that too. Or bring it out a different announcer. Like, maybe let JR and Tony do the first hour of Dynamite and then bring out fucking Big Show and Excalibur or something. That'd be cool. Or, like, or JR Henry. and Excalibur and then Tony and Big Show. Yeah. Yeah. That would be cool. Or I'd even be okay with Excalibur and Tag. Yeah. Do, doing an hour. As long as they at least starts in Jericho, you know... In the back, fondling each other or something. Yeah. Give themselves a good fondle. Yeah. Or starts playing with Hodge's nipples. All right. Start off the first hour. We got Scott Norton, Buff Bagwell, and Bashir Ochono. Mafa Hero. Fuck you. Against Rick Flair, Chris Benoit, <laughs> Steve Mongo, McMichael, with Deborah in his corner. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Oh, the NWO also had an ugly woman in their corner. Vincent. Oh, yes, they did. <laughs> this match didn't go very far. But uh, it was pretty fun while it lasted, I guess. Yeah. Well, the only yeah, okay. I'll give it a five. There was only two people in that match that were really good workers, and that's Flair and Benoit. Yeah. Because Buff was okay. Yeah. Norton couldn't even sell it. was okay. Chono was just, he's not used to the American style, and Mongo's just, you know, a boob. Yeah. But he's a good boob. Yeah, no, I like Mongo. He's the boob of the hour, the boob of the I mean, I think he's about as, he's got about as good a taste in women as Ricky Steamboat does, but. You think so? Yeah. All right, let's go back over to Rao. 
start hour two, we had the same commentators. They didn't switch it up. But Paul Bear comes out and exposes The Undertaker. This went on for way too long. Well, yeah, because it was a big story to tell. It was a good story, but... Uh, and he talks about Kane for the first time. By the way, how ugly is Paul Bear? Yeah. I mean, rest his soul. But, yeah. uh... I mean, because here... And here's the funny thing. Like, that, that face... First of all, that face had about... Tw- <laughs> That face had about 20 chins on it. Yeah. Uh, Talking about the need for a screensaver. Uh, but. What Hold on, Bob <laughs> <laughs> A little edge that screwed up. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Doug's getting laid in the studio tonight. Uh <laughs> Yeah, it was a good story. Paul Heyman called out the Undertaker, and it was, it was all right. Paul Bear. What I call him? Heyman. Paul Bear. <laughs> Paul Heyman. The Undertaker. I thought it was good. Undisputed Undertaker. I thought it did go a little bit too long. I thought he should have. It should have been short and sweet, but it was. It was. It was okay. Yeah, but it was interesting, and it is a part of history. So yeah, exactly. Well, all he did, like, he, this isn't where he said Cain was alive. This is where he said the Undertaker killed his family. Yeah, but he told the story. That's the origin. Yeah, yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, and it was a story that would continue throughout the night. Yeah, and throughout the months. Yeah, because Cain didn't debut for three months after this. Right, because they still they had no idea what his costume was going to be like. No, because the initial drawings had him. You stop that. Uh, the initial drawings had him. Well, he thought that Kane should have been somebody that escaped from a mental institution. Who? Russo? No, Glenn. Glenn himself. Oh, he didn't like the fire thing. No, I like the fire thing. It worked out. No, I didn't. <laughs> I got some mileage out of it. Yeah. I think it worked out. Uh, yeah. So the first match of the first hour, or second hour is Owen Hart and Davey Boy against the Headbangers in the Tag Team Championship Tournament semifinals that's going on. Uh, the Hart Foundation won, and then Jim Cornette came By out. By count out. Huh? He, they won by count out because everybody was thrown outside and Owen snuck in at the eight count. Yes. Uh, it was good. It was a good match. Yeah, well, those two teams always had good chemistry, though. I really like this match. And then Cornette comes out. And uh, Cornette has the headhunters with him, but they're called the Arabian Butchers, butchers here. I thought you were just going to say the Arabian butt cheeks. <laughs> they look good. The one dude did a fucking moon song. Yeah, and this was their last appearance. Their first There's and this. only appearance because they because the headbangers fucked up a couple of moves. Who's the... Was that the headbangers? That's the headhunters. Yeah, but no, Mosh and Thrasher fucked up in the... Uh, 
like in the exchange. Oh yeah. Okay. They fucked up, but since they're already on the roster, the two, you know, the two Arabian guys had to pay for it. Cornette. I think that was also just a way to just tell Cornette to go fuck himself. <laughs> Which they were doing a lot. Yeah. Cornette was ass back then. <laughs> no, he, he's a beautiful man. His podcast is pretty shitty. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Sorry. Uh, I guess hey, the podcast me okay. I like it. It's a, This is a 5 out of 10 for me, though. Yeah, I'd say 5 and a half. All right. Okay, on, the other, on the other channel, we have Mortis and Wrath versus High Voltage. I actually enjoyed this. It lasted a fucking minute, but I liked their little Mortal Kombat phase when they had the characters, like Glacier. I, I actually enjoyed the whole thing with Glacier and Ernest Miller, you know, them feuding with Morris and Rash. Yeah. Uh, and High Voltage getting a win, which never really happened that much. They got one, damn it. Yeah. Oh, Rage. Ravens in the audience. Yeah, and they thought that that was yeah. the impact player. But it wasn't. Yeah. It was so what's the impact player? Are you serious? Oh, never mind. <laughs> Did you not watch the entire show? Well, no, never mind. Really I don't hear yet. They don't really say it, though. You told me. I don't remember Shivani saying that that's the impact player. When this yeah, but he walked out. out, so that's why I'm saying that. He walked out, but they didn't really say that he was the impact player. You're just it's kind to... of it's kind of assuming that he is because the guy that walked out and Raven, who do you think would make the bigger impact? Raven. Well, the I'm guy a bag of blow. Yeah. I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. He was supposed to be the impact player for WCW, right? Well, they didn't know if he was going to be in, uh, for WCW or for the NWO. Well, I think we found out. Yeah. Fucking no good, motherfucker. Not that bad. Not you. Well, I like him, too. But I don't know. That really hurt my feelings when he turned on the horse when I was a kid. It's one of the things that stopped with me. Yeah. Let's stay with WCW right now and go to the U.S. Heavyweight Championship match. Jeff Jarrett versus Conan the Barbarian. Barbarian. <laughs> Old Conan. Tony. Big cone. Uh, I thought it was an okay match. For a title match. I actually really liked this. Jarrett won. Jarrett won and yeah. then dumping him after. was funny. Uh, I thought it was funny. Yeah. What? Flair helps him win. Gets in the ring and yeah. then fires him. Yeah, after strutting with him. It That's made why no it was funny. fucking sense. I, I really think Ric Flair was drunk that <laughs> I think he was, too. Flair was doing some weird shit. And why did he always, like, he was just such an attention whore back then. Everyone gives shit to Bischoff for, like, regulating him to the mid card, but he still was, like, in four segments at every fucking show. Yeah. It's like Ric Flair always had to be out there. Like, I, he's a legend, but fuck. He was just- he was a Stone Cold of, of WCW because even Stone Cold was the same way. 
Yeah, but Stone Cold was super, super over. Hey, I just thought of something. What? What if Jarrett's the opponent for Flair's final match? That'd be interesting. It's in Nashville. That would be interesting. Now, Jarrett would have to get permission from WWE because he's like the EVP of live events or whatever. Do you think Sting would do it? Sting would do it in a heartbeat. I mean, Sting would probably ask that it would be a six-man. Yeah. But Sting knows he can't carry a single match on his own. This shit could do five minutes. Go in there and fuck around a little bit. I, yeah, it's got to be a six-man role. Who knows? Or a tag or whatever. But no, it could. And I'm actually thinking like now, because this is what almost kind of tie in. You know, uh, 25 years ago, Jarrett got booted out of the fucking horseman. And by the way, Jarrett's actually upset because they're doing like a horseman like panel at at Starcast. And, and they didn't ask him know, to come. No, uh, Flair, <laughs> Flair was basically put in charge. He said, "Who all do you want in in the pa- in the horseman panel?" He goes, "Arn, me, JJ." I think JJ's going to be there. Luger, Wyndham. Tully's not coming? Or no, I... I Tully? No, Tully? No, Tully's going to be there, yeah. Okay. Uh, Barry and Luger. Barry and Luger. Well, man, those are the biggest parts of it. Jarrett wasn't really a horseman. But yeah, I don't count it. It's in Jarrett's hometown. I think that's why Jarrett was pissed. Yeah, he was funny and... Yeah, I don't blame. So the, maybe that does set up the match. I don't care enough about it, but maybe it does. Uh, yeah. Uh, they, this was this was a really good match. I give this a seven out of ten. I would give it a six and a half. Yeah, I give it a seven. Did you notice though that like even uh, like even when Deborah was talking bad about Jared, Jared technically. Like she was, you could still kind of tell in her voice that she still wanted Jared to put, you know, his pecker inside her toaster. <laughs> what the fuck? All right, let's go back over to Rob. <laughs> Undertaker tells his side of the story. It takes another long time, but that's okay. He says Paul Heyman's a... <laughs> Why the fuck? Like, he what calls, the hell? He calls Paul Bearer a no good... It's because I want to watch SmackDown, and this thing is going long. But, uh... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, wait, is Paul Heyman going to be on tonight? I would assume so. Probably. Think of uh, Brock Lesnar. I'm not watching. Do you really want to see Tunter versus Ricochet? Main event anywhere in the country. Uh, what? The main event's going to be Shotzi and Aaliyah. I like them. You know, Kane uh, started the fire. It wasn't Undertaker's fault. He said it's all bullshit. And of course uh, the older brother's going to blame the younger brother. I do it to you all the time. Yeah, you're a fucking dick. <laughs> and then we have the match Vader versus Rockabilly. <laughs> and Vader beat the shit out of Rockabilly. For 30 seconds. For 30 seconds. And then the Undertaker comes out, and then Paul Bear. Then this whole storyline just keep kept going, and then Paul's like, "Kane is alive." They could have stretched that like, a week. Murderer, murderer, they, and then you see Undertaker paintbrush a fat guy. Yeah, and he just kept slapping him. Yeah, 
That's what paintbrushing is. Oh. I've uh, never heard that term before. But it, it's funny seeing Paul Bear like laying on the on the ground. It's like watching a walrus try to get <laughs> in the water. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Undertaker was really clubbing a baby seal. Poor Rockabilly. Poor Billy Gunn. The ass boy. Yeah. Fuck. First you get stuck with Honky Tonk Man, then you have to be in a thirty minute ma- or thirty second match that uh, really didn't mean shit. Yeah. All right. On to the another side. Rey Mysterio and Kev Kev Nash. Old Kevo. The big Kevster. Yeah. Big Daddy Cool. This goes two minutes. Uh, he beat the shit out of Ray Ray. And what then the NWO and Conan fucked him over too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then he joined the NWO that night, right? Two weeks later. So. And Conan was a big member of the NWO. So. Yeah, no. I, the NWO, I, I, he benefited from joining them. Yeah. So. This was this was pretty. It was all right. I like seeing these two go at it, but this is about four stars for me. Yeah. Uh, it was about the story more than that. More than that. Main event time for W. I gave it a four. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Two. Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Randy Savage versus the Giant Lex Luger and DDP with Kimberly. Uh, this lasts about five minutes. It's a very good brawl. Uh, Kurt Henning comes out at the end. He's the impact player. Uh, but we don't know who DDP's mystery partner is yet. And Sting's the one that uh, chased the NWO off. Sting comes out. A fake Sting comes out. And then real Sting comes out. Through the ceiling. Out of fucking nowhere. And the, the fucking whole NWO is fucking up these... Three poor bastards, giant laid out on the floor. DDP DDP took 15 elbows from Macho, man. Luger got beat up. And fucking Sting doesn't even have the bat, and he's just in the ring, and they all run away. Yeah. They really built him up well. <laughs> they didn't yeah, they know. Did. So the uh, that show that they did two nights prior, that Saturday Nitro, that was the internet, uh, the internet radio show, they did a, uh, they did an actual like Bischoff did a uh, a radio interview for that like three weeks prior to that event happening. Sting crashed the radio interview and apparently spoke. Now there's no like record of him speaking, but like they talked on WCW Saturday Night about him speaking, and he looked at Bischoff and said, "You tell Hogan." Wherever he's going to be, I'm going to be there. And I'm going to haunt him. (laughs) And that was like the last words he had spoken. First words he had spoken in like nine months. Yeah. And the last words he would speak for like another seven. That's nuts. Very good. So that was the ending of Nitro. I thought that was really good. Then you go over to Raw and you have Nitro versus I loved it too, and I would give it nine stars. I would give it about nine. Oh yeah, I'll give it nine and a half. Now we have Steve Austin versus Jim Neidhart. 
hell of a match. And by the way, Bret Hart was supposedly not in the building, and then they they, they then they showed him beating up Ken Shamrock. He comes out, beats him ass. But I really like. I mean, first of all, this match was good. I would give this match a seven stars. I thought. I, I would say about seven and a half. This was a lot better than the match they had when we did our last review. Yeah, it was weird that they they kept giving these two yeah. main events, but uh. Fuck it, I like both of them. Oh, also was obviously more over the the, the Beatles, and Jim Neidhart was a, a good head. By the way, we gotta go back to what Austin said earlier on. Like, oh, about when mankind. mankind was petitioning to be Austin's new tag team partner, and he goes, "As far as Mankind goes, I think he sucks." Yeah, that was. <laughs> and again. Austin was going to be part of that 10-man tag at Canadian Stampede. His partners were going to be the Legion of Doom, uh, Goldust, and Ken Shamrock. Yes. Legion of Doom had already left the building. They were chasing the Godwin somewhere in Des Moines. Yeah. Probably at the like local steakhouse or something. Or burger joint or whatever the fuck. Goldust wasn't even in the building. Because they, uh, they kept him off for I don't know why. Uh, maybe they couldn't find a babysitter for little Dakota. And then, uh, and Shamrock had gotten beaten up by Bret Hart. So Austin had no back until Mankind came out and gave Bret the mandible claw. And then as the show's going off the air, like Owen and Pillman are trying to beat it, like they're smacking Mankind in the head with a chair and he's no selling it. <laughs> And the funny thing is, is that Brett's trying to no-sell the claw so he could keep the figure four on Austin on the ring post. And so, like, he's trying to no-sell it, but then he falls off him anyway. Yeah. And Mankind no-sells three chair shots to the head. And keeps the claw in Brett's mouth. <laughs> yeah, I give this a seven. Yeah, me too. Me too. I thought the endings of both shows was great. Uh, yep. Nitro's ending was better for me. I think so. I really liked oh, yeah. Yeah. the move that Brett had his uh, knee in at the rope. That figure four. Yeah. On the... And I like Mankind giving him the mandible claw while he's doing that and coming to the aid. But there was something electric about Nitro and those brawls that they would get into that was yeah. always entertaining. Now, as far as both shows as a whole, which one was better? I'm going to give it to Raw. But I'm going to give it to Raw because... I'm giving it to Nitro for me. I thought Nitro had the better ending. I thought Nitro had some of the better matches, but I thought Raw was more interesting this week. I'm going to say Nitro just because of Kurt Henning's debut. Okay. And I do think... Like, Jarrett getting kicked out of the horseman was kind of cool. And you had other storylines. I mean, both shows had excellent storyline progression. Yeah. But I do think the ending for me kind of won over Nitro for me. The ending was better, but the ending overall was still really good. And I I was, even though it went a little long, I was interested by the Undertaker storyline. Yeah. So, that's the way I went. Doug, why don't you give some plugs so we can get the hell out of here? 
Oh, by the way, uh, next edition of Wardrooms will be in August, and we'll be reviewing the August 4th episodes of Raw and Nitro. Hell yeah. Because these that, episodes are a lot of fun. Because th- uh, that Nitro is oh, actually yeah. the first I love it. three hour. That night episode of Nitro is actually the first ever three hour Nitro and the hundredth episode. Oh, boy. Nice. And uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how uh, keen I am about watching five hours of wrestling that week. <laughs> uh, but we're going to do it anyway. And that episode of Raw actually is uh kind of uh momentous itself because that and raw actually switched their time slot so they can compete more with to nine them. right huh they switched it to eight right no they switched it they they were at nine then they went to eight and then here's when they went back to nine okay oh yeah they wanted to be on it huh Oh, no, go ahead. Sorry. They wanted to be on an hour after Nitro ended. Okay. That's right. All right. Box Minutes Mark, the wrestling outlet. Uh, Mixler.com slash wrestling outlet. Wednesdays, 10.15, 10.20-ish Eastern Time. Saturdays, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Hollywood Hangout. Mixler.com slash Hollywood Hangout. Listen to us. Fridays, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Unscripted Wrestling brought. Podcast blogtalkradio.com slash everything unscripted. Next Friday, there will not be a show. No, Daniel and I will be out of town. Yes, I might pre record one with Mindy for the stabcast, though. Okay, uh, and Eric, you're closing next Friday night anyway, right? Yep, so uh, it all works out. Yeah, unless Clintus wants to do a show by himself, (laughs) but he can't even show up when we're all here. Uh, but uh, tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Unscripted Unlimited. Uh, we're going to be doing a show on Adam Sandler. I will be here. I don't know who the hell is going to be with me. Somebody will be with me, I'm sure. Uh, if not, I'll just talking about 10 different voices. So that way, uh, it'll sound like there's other people here with me. Uh, Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Stabcast. Yes. We are going to be doing the new movie, The Black Phone. The Black Phone? The Black Phone with Ethan Hawke. It just came out. It's a brand new horror movie. Me and Mindy are going to see this motherfucker tomorrow uh, at the AMC. And then we're going to be reviewing it Sunday. Brand new movie. So make sure to come in and make sure to check it out. And uh, be prepared for some spoilers if you haven't seen it. Also make sure to check out me and Bobino for the Web Cave on Mondays. The hottest new uh, comic book show we're doing. Uh, We just had a hell of a battle last week. Even though Doug betrayed me, I still have the knife in my back from him giving the the honors to Bobby. Uh, You picked Plastic Man to battle Cyborg. All I'm saying is you're officially behind Eric as far as judging. <laughs> Eric, that's got to be vindication. Doug's going to be hanging off the roof in the morning. Uh, how the hell are you going to get all sharing it? I can take your keys. Uh, 
But uh, the web cave tomorrow, we are going to be doing part two of our Marvel character tier list. Do you have anything else, sir? Uh, Sean, the link Diplodoc on uh, YouTube and Twitch. All that shit. Uh, we are going to be working on, we got some countdowns coming up in the future, uh, both for un- uh, Unlimited and for this show. We're going to do a Factions countdown soon, and then at some point, uh, also in the near future, we're each going to have, uh, we're going to do a big show where a bunch of us are going to be on and giving our top 20 favorite wrestlers of all time. Oh, boy. It's going to be fun. Uh, yeah, it'll be fun, and we're probably all going to yell at each other. We're going to, it's going to, we're going to end up like a cast of the view. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, are we going to ask some of the, uh, our, our friends who used to come on, come yeah. back? Yeah, we're not going to ask any of the legends, but we're going to ask our uh, our buddies that are not in the wrestling business. Okay, I, that's how, that's why we're talking about the legends. Yeah. It's going to be a good one, uh, and we'll see everybody next week. Yeah, or no, two weeks later. Two later. Weeks. Been a struggle, you know what I'm saying? It's all good, baby, baby. Shake it, shake it. It was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Something pepper and heavy D up in the limousine. Hanging pictures on my wall. Every Saturday, rap attack, Mr. Magic Molly Mall. I let my tape rock till my tape pop. Smoking the bamboo, sipping on private shop. Way back when I had the red 